I hope I'm able to convey to you the thought here. I actually got it when I was looking at the Google Docs. John's looking for a theme for um, the teens, and he had different ones on there, and I put a few notes in. So I said, you know, when I came back from Scotland, I tried to put together a message that went along with the thought. The uh, the name of it, the uh, title of the message is The Missing Link. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 17, I hope I can convey to you what I'm trying to say here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Very familiar passage of Scripture. We probably all have memorized it. But I kept thinking about that fact that we are a new creature, like a new species, totally different than what we were. Absolutely new, it says. doesn't say we're being in the process of being a new creature. It says we are a new creature. And um, I kept thinking about the fact that the world, you know how the evolutionists um, try, to, try to transcend from an ape to a human? And they're still looking for that missing link, you know? You know, you got, you got the ape on one end of the, you, you see those things where they, they slowly get taller until there's a human being down the end here. But they're still looking for that missing link. How do you get from the ape to the human? Well, we know you can't do that. One's an ape, amen, and one's a human being. But for the Christian, I thought something's got to fill in the gap there between the lost man, alright, the one that's lost, and he's under the condemnation of God. In fact, turn to John chapter 3, verse 18. He's under the condemnation of God to those that are seated in the heavenlies right now. Us. Born-again Christians. Missing link. In John chapter 3, let me get over there with you. John chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So one set of group of people are under the condemnation of God. Another group of people are not under the condemnation of God anymore. You see, there's a big span in between there. Where's the link? How do you get from here to there? Verse 36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You have everlasting life right now if you're saved. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. It's on the unsaved right now. If you're not saved here, you're under the wrath of God. The only thing that has to happen for you to experience that is physical death. And then your soul will go to hell. So, how do you span the gap from those that are on their way to hell to those that are seated in the heavenlies? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're there right now just as well as we're sitting here tonight. How do we span that? Well, I believe that the missing link is Christians. The disciple of Jesus Christ is the one that can take somebody from that lost condition. Now, obviously we're not doing the saving. Jesus Christ did all the work at Calvary. But that person cannot get from there to there unless there's a missing link. Unless there's somebody there to take him along and preach the Gospel to him. They are lost. 
And they're not going to heaven until they hear the gospel. There has to be a link somewhere along the line. The evolutionist can go look for his. He'll never find it. But seated here tonight are missing links that can take people on their way to hell, just one heartbeat away, as the evangelist would say, one heartbeat from hell, to seated in the heavenlies with Christ, in Christ. You know, I recall the night that I got saved, June 15th, 1990, I bowed the knee and asked Jesus Christ to save me. 35 years I spent in darkness and sin. And that night, Jesus moved in. And I received Him, and I was forgiven, and I was cleansed, and I was justified. I was now pardoned of all my sins. My whole life changed. I became a new creature. He created something totally different than what was there. And it started inside because my spirit was now revived. I was alive. And I was in Christ. Now the missing link was John Mitchell. He was a Baptist preacher who lived across the street. And he started to knock on my door and he started to harass me. Constantly knocking on my door on Tuesday nights. You figure after a while I would realize that that knock at 7.30 was John. But I always went up there totally amazed. There's John again. That somebody would care that much about me. He'd ask me questions. Dan, you believe the Bible. Uh, Dan, you know God loves you. Dan, would you read that? And finally, that all sunk in that night that I got saved as I was actually watching a, a Southern Baptist preacher preach to his church. That was not my normal TV viewing. But see, God was beginning to work. That missing link was feeding me all this information from the Bible. And he preached on heaven. His name is Charles Stanley. Probably still around today. And uh, I muted the television set and I asked Jesus Christ to save me. I said, have mercy on me. I know I'm a sinner, Lord. Please save my soul. And He did. And He did that night. And I became a missing link. I became someone who was able to tell others how to get from that place of condemnation to no condemnation anymore. So, He was my connection from darkness to light. He showed me how to get from there to there. So one second I'm on my way to hell, the next minute I'm a child of God. Amen? Amen. And the same thing happened to you. So I said, I became a missing link. It didn't take millions of fabricated years like the scientists like to put in there for one little microbial change that takes place, you know? It's not happening. It's all false science. It didn't take that long. You know how long it took? A moment. In a, in a, in a split second, in a moment of time, The moment I received Christ, I became a new creature. A different species than the world had ever seen before, really. As we get saved, they're looking at something they've never, they don't quite see all the time. In fact, I'm wondering, where are all the missing links? So I became a link between now those fallen friends of mine, those people around me that were under the condemnation of God, and the souls in heaven. Why? Because now I was now a believer. I was now saved. Now, before salvation, I believed in the cosmos. Brother, we were running parallel lives. Carl Sagan was my hero, man. I had all his books and reading all his stuff, and I thought, this guy is amazing. And I I believed in evolution, but I believed in God, too. I was a good Methodist, you know? You believe in both. So I believed in God, but I believed in science. I believed in scientists, uh, and that that we came from monkeys. I believed in that. You You know, my first year... Uh, first grade at six years old was 1961. Uh, they still had prayer in schools. 
The teacher, I can remember the teacher praying. The next year, second grade, done. Passed it, said no more prayer in schools. And we started learning about monkeys. And I, you know what? I believed that right up till I got saved. I still had a, a, a big yearning uh, about learning more about the millions and millions of stars and all that and thinking that it just happened from some big bang. And I never had any pushback in my life. I never had anybody come up and say, what, what do you believe in that for? You know why? Because I never encountered a born again Christian. Where's all the missing links? Where's the somebody to tell me? Finally, I did meet one, but it came after someone asked me this, if you can believe it. He asked me if I believed in a monkey God. Now, I don't know if he was a born-again Christian or not, but that was a, I didn't have an answer for that. I said, no, I think I believe in God. I don't believe in a monkey God. Then how can you believe in both? And I started thinking. Now, he, he never said he was a Christian, but he sure got me to think, you know. My whole mindset of just evolving really helped me to live the life that I was living. Hey, if you're an animal, live like one. And I did. Drinking and cursing and drugging and doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. You know how it is. It's hopeless. And then you die and it's hopeless. It's awful. And there's people dying like that all the time out there. I was just reading. Every two second, every second, two people die. 155,000 today will go into hell. There's four die, uh, four are born every second, but that just means four new sinners came into the world. Amen? There they go. Every second, two more souls go into hell. And what are we doing about it? You know, there's been a lot of big changes in my life since I got saved 27 years ago. Now, I want you to think about this. What is science? Science is just the knowledge of, of the physical world and the natural world, gaining a lot of knowledge about it. Science. And scientists like to take their theories and prove them to be factual, but they need to be reproduced. You have to see it over and over again to say that's, that's real. That's, that experiment is, is true. But you know, your life every day as a Christian is an experiment that can be reproduced every single day, which means it's true. It's a fact. There is a God. He saved you. And you ought to live like a Christian every day. And that proves to the world that there is a God. Amen? That you have a new life. That you're born again. That your life is based upon truth. The Word of God. This originally was for teenagers, John. The teenager, every time you choose the world's pleasure, the world says, see, I told you it wasn't real. Every time you decide to go your own way or go with your your bad friends, the world says, see, I told you it wasn't real. And the same thing with us. When we decide not to be what we already are, we weaken our position. We weaken our effect. We weaken our impact on that world out there. Every time we decide to be like an animal or live the way we want, absent of God's laws in our life, the world needs God desperately. It doesn't need anything else. It just needs God. Look what God did in your life. Look how God changed your life. Once you take God out of creation, all you're left with is a bunch of hopeless blind believers and their false science. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Gavin, you read verse 20.
Yeah. The science out there today is opposing you. It opposes the truth. It opposes the Christian. Stay away from that foolish talk. Read your Bible like was preached to us this morning and learn what the truth is. Because, look, the, the, the scientist says that everything came about by a Big Bang, but nobody's been able to tell me where the Big Bang came from. Where all that matter and all that material came from that caused that Big Bang. Nobody. They got string theories. They got quantum theories. They got wave theories. They got gravitational theories. A bunch of theories. A bunch of godless human beings trying to figure their way out of saying there is no God. And I'll not be accountable to them. Well, they're wrong. There is a God. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So we know there's a God. Evolution is a big lie. Look how many lives it's destroyed. Evolution. Theistic evolution is a lie. God didn't create this world and then take His hands off. In fact, we've been learning in Colossians that He actually is holding it together. So, forget about theistic evolution. God created it and He's got it all put together and He's holding it all together. God didn't step back from His creation. There's the lost person without God and without hope. You know, there's a lot of human souls out there. And there's human souls in, in this room. And there's the lost person. They don't have God. They have no hope. But then there's the children of God. And we are in Christ. We have all hope. One is groping in darkness, unregenerate. He's lost. And the other is safe and secure in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the question. How do you connect or get from this species to that species? How do you get from the unregenerate man to the one who's sitting in the heavenlies? Because we're saved. Christians. We are the missing links. We're the ones that the world needs to see. The world need only to look at the life of a Christian to know that there is a God. He should be, anybody should be able to look at our lives and say, there's something different about this person. That's because God is in our lives. You are a creation of God. Back in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it just says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have a whole new nature. As I said, we're, it's like we're a different species. We're not in Adam anymore. We don't have, we don't, we don't live according to Adam's nature, I should say. We have God's nature in us now. We are partakers of the divine nature. Second Peter chapter one, verse four tells us that. Turn over there just so you see. Second Peter chapter one. And in verse 4, Kathy, when you get there, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through love. So we are partakers of God's nature. We share in God's nature. And you know what? His nature is a holy nature. Amen? Turn over to Hebrews. Back to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, Bill, and in verse 10. Hebrews chapter 12, and in verse 10. Partakers of the 
be partakers of His holiness. Get back to that divine nature that's in you and live according to that divine nature. That is completely different than the world. Adam's nature, it's totally different. Total opposites. Now, you know, God, our fathers chastened us after their own pleasure, but God chastens us to bring us back to peaceable fruits of righteousness and holiness, to be partakers of that divine nature, to have it worked out in our life. So physically and spiritually, you have been created by God, made in His image and for His pleasure, Revelation 4.11 tells us. Born-again Christians should be shining examples of God and Christ, the great designer, out there in the world. We should be showing forth His handiwork in us. He shows forth His handiwork in Psalm 19.1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth His handiwork. What God can do, what God can make, what God can construct, His creation. But it's also in our lives. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 10. Celine, do you have that? We are His workmanship. We are His handiwork. When you look up and see the Milky Way stretching across the sky, your mouth drops open and you go, amazing. How did He just speak this into existence? And He knows them by name and He moves them around with His fingers and Look at that. Look at your own life. You are His workmanship. You are what the world needs to see. A completely changed life. And when the world sees that, they'll start asking questions. Why are you so different? Especially when the, like it was preached this morning, the rug is pulled out from under us, under us, in something that happens in our families, and we, and we run to Christ, and we're able to receive joy and comfort from Him. Why? Because He's designed us. We are His workmanship. We are to do good works to glorify Him. How do you answer the culture out there that says there is no God? With a changed life. That's how. With a changed life. Difference. Just be different. A life so dramatic in its change that they cannot deny it. The moment I got saved... I was not a saint. I mean, I was a saint, but I mean, I still had a lot of baggage. But I'll tell you what, people didn't want to hang around with me anymore. The same guys that hung around with me didn't want to hang around with me anymore. I changed. They didn't. And, And it's not like I was judging them. It's just that they knew something drastic had happened in my life. Of course, I told them that I got saved. I was born again. And they said, you're one of those Jesus freaks. And I told them, I guess I'm a freak for Jesus. I'll tell you what, when you get saved out of the lifestyle and realize how much grace and, and what it took to save your soul, you won't mind anybody calling you a freak for Jesus. Like, I am a freak for Jesus. He's the one that died on the cross for me. There's nothing that I can't do that wouldn't honor and glorify Him. There's nothing He would ask me to do that I wouldn't do for Him. I hope. But we've been created by God to make the right decisions. To make decisions. Turn over to Galatians. Well, just back about one page, actually. Galatians chapter 6. You've been designed with a free will. You have a soul. You have a mind. You have your own will. You have, you're an emotional being. You've been created in the image of God. 
And now, like this morning again was told, showed us that heart right in the middle of those three minds. And it's just amazing how God has made us. But Galatians, Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, you'll never get away with sin. You can't get away with sin. God loves you too much to allow you to get away with it. And the harvest of that sin, the consequence of that sin, that will either come early or late, but they're going to come. Some crop comes up fast, some takes a while, but it will come up. The consequences will come. So what are you sowing toward? Are you sowing to the flesh or are you sowing to the spirit? So I can recognize that I have choices. And I want to make the right choices. I realize that they have consequences. As a, as a child of God, if I'm going to help this person know Christ as a Savior, I need to take responsibility for my life. I need to realize that God has given me a free will to make the right choices. Why? Just so I can please God? Yes. And so you can be so different that you can start being a missing link. Because I'm still looking for all the missing links. There's a whole lot of people out there that need to be pulled along and shown how they can be a child of God. Verse 10 says, uh, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of God. You know, the Bible says in so many words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's true. Well, who's supposed to take the initiative in that? We are. I am to do unto others as I want them to treat me. We take the initiative. Don't wait for somebody to help you and do good to you, although that's fine. You do it because that's the way you want to be treated. I choose to do good or not to do good to others. And especially to my fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. We ought to choose to do good. I want to make the right choice. And that is too good to whoever I can. Verse 14 says, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. And I choose the glory in Christ. And Him alone. I, if I'm going to boast about anybody, I'm going to boast about Jesus. If I'm going to get, get excited about anything, I'm going to get excited about Jesus Christ. Because He's the one that's done everything for me. He's the one that's done everything for you. The world hasn't. You get out there in that world, the world's going to take away and take and take and take. The world doesn't love you, so don't love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Because the world doesn't love you. God does. God does. And if you're going to glory in something, glory in Him. The world is dead to us. The world has lost its power over us. Now that we're Christians, we don't have to live the way we used to live. If I can say one thing, I'm a shining example of somebody who isn't living the way I used to live. Am I perfect? No. Am I living like I used to live? No way, man. I am so far away from that, all because of Jesus. All because of what He's done in my heart. And some of you, you know, may have had better lives, and, and but you still had to get saved. It took the same amount of grace. His blood uh, had, to, had to be the substitute for you, just like it was for me, because we are sinners. And without Him, we are lost and on our way to hell. I choose to love God more than anything else in my life. And I'm sure you do too. He's my first love. If He's not, you better check yourself. He has to be your first love. Nothing in between. Not the wife, not the husband, not the kids. Not chocolate ice cream. No. That love, when it's demonstrated in my life, 
becomes a shining light to the no there's no God crowd. It does. It just shines out. So, who is this guy attached to? And uh, they live in darkness. But we have Christ in us. Colossians 1.27. If you turn over to Colossians 1.27. Paul. Colossians 1.27. So who does he want to make the mystery known to? The Gentiles. That there's Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen. That's why he's in you. That's why that light shines. So people will know. So people will know. And ask questions maybe. And you're out there trying to win them to Jesus Christ. You know, I, I know that you try to be as faithful as you can. You choose to be as faithful as you can. You choose to be as undeniably different as you possibly can. At least we should every day. To live like Jesus Christ wants us to live. Ephesians 4.24 says, "In that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true Holiness. Not a false holiness. We're not putting on a show. It's true holiness. Christ is living His life through us. We shouldn't be like the false science hypocrites and their false missing links. Christians should reveal the truth that there is a God and He's living inside of me. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were sometimes darkness, but now ye are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You and I were created for a purpose, amen? We're not just a bunch of random mutations going on, you know, changing into this, changing into that randomly. God is in complete control of our lives. He knows exactly what He wants us to do every day. We were created for a purpose. We were created for a reason. We were created to boast about our Savior, to glorify Him. We were created to live for Him, to be different. And I believe to be a stepping stone for others to bring them to Christ. We're the missing links. How are they going to know? There's no way to know. They're not going to go pick a Bible up. How many lost people come to church? I didn't go to church when I was lost till I was asked and egged on and finally, finally I went. When your mother says, Dan, you're going to church. I finally said, alright, I'm going to church. And I heard the Gospel. Tell me, how many lost people come in to the church? You gotta go get them. You gotta go out and get them. And be a stepping stone, being somebody that you, you can help them along to know Jesus Christ. Created to show people that no matter how bad the world is, or even their own lives, they are loved by God, and that they can be saved. God has a purpose for their life also. Can you believe the billions of people out there that are lost? God has a purpose for each one of them. God has a will for each person. Wow. God wants to do so much. So the question is, where's all the missing links? How many are the lost that I have lifted? Did you ever think about that? Now, look, I can't lift anybody. All I can do is, like, like one guy said, I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where he can get some bread. That's all. I'm going to try to tell you where you can, how you can know uh, uh, the Savior, Jesus Christ. I can help you along there. 
How many are the, are the, the, those that I have lifted? How many are the chained I help to free? How many people? How many people have you won to Jesus Christ? Now look, it's not a, it's not a game where we're, we're, alright, I got 14. Alright, you got 13 over here. You got one? You're good. You're getting along. Now you got three. Do you have any? Do you spend your time at all handing out a track, talking to anybody about Jesus Christ? If not, shame on you. That's what God created you for. Somebody came and took the time, Leo, to tell me how to be saved. He's my missing link. Just by his life alone, how different it was, was enough to make me question, why is John and his family so joyful? And why am I miserable? I wanted what he had. You know, the the evolutionists boast about a back molar that they find in some construction site, you know, or they, they, uh, they dig somewhere and they find this tooth. Look at that! I think that's part of the missing link. I think, yeah, the, you got the ape over here and you got human. I think it's right in here. They do that! And they'll line it up. Yeah, it's right there. And then they build a skeleton around a tooth. Let me tell you something. That tooth is either an ape's tooth or it's a human tooth. And it's not billions of years old either. It's a big lie. But let me tell you, they boast about that. They're frauds. Don't let the world say the same thing about Christians. That we're frauds. They're just little pieces of Christ they see once in a while. Little piece. I wonder, wonder, is that, is that what a Christian is supposed to do? It looks pretty good. Or fragments of holiness. You know, just a little bit here and there. Maybe we can make a skeleton of a Christian out of that. That's not the way we're supposed to live. That's not what they're supposed to see. We've been made a whole new creature in Jesus Christ. We've got to let the Holy Spirit do His work in us. You think this world's bad now? Wait until the Holy Spirit is taken out. Wow. Wait till that special influence He has in Christians is removed at the rapture. And this world sees... the. The Christians are, that are gone, and you will, they will see a world without God, this side of hell, how bad it is going to get. Yeah. It's a world without light. It's a world without love. It's a world without the saltiness of Christians. Where do they see that? Oh, the Holy Spirit's still God, and He's everywhere all at once, but that special influence, His impact in the world is going to be taken out when we go. And the world's going to see what it's like without Christians in this world. We ought to be living, walking, talking, missing links. Something that people can touch and hear and, and, and see so that they can say, I want to be like that. I want what you have. It happened to me. I mean, John didn't have to knock too hard. I mean, on my heart, I, I knew, when he came to the door, he already had an influence on me. He already had an impact on me. When he started talking, it meant more to me because I watched his life. And it was something I wanted, but I didn't know how to get there until he came and started telling me how to be saved. Shine the true light. Go to Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5. You know, the light, the night's coming soon. 
Men love darkness because their deeds are evil. We're going the other way. We're swinging to the light. We want to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Matthew 5.16. Marcus, you have it? Oh man, just to glorify God. Let the light of Jesus Christ just shine through into this dark, dark world. Amen? Go over to Back to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let me just give you a few thoughts here and we'll be done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. You know the verse. But did you see that part there where it says, Old things are passed away. You know, old things are passed away. That's good. I'm glad some things just passed away. They don't have to worry about it anymore. They're passed away. I don't miss them. I'm rejoicing. I'm not missing Egypt I don't want to go back there. I don't want to spend one second in Egypt. I want to be where I am now. And I hope to be even in a better place tomorrow. But I'm not going to be sad. Old things are passed away. We are not the same creature we once were. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says this, And such were some of you. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I am justified and washed and cleansed and sanctified. I'm a Christian. I'm brand new. And such were some of you. I don't want to think about what I used to be. We've been born again. We're God's people. In fact, we are in the palm of His hand. Jesus said, you're in My hands and My hands are in the Father's hands. You can't pluck yourself out. I'm in the palm of His hand. Protected, and so are you. Galatians 2.20. You know the verse? Let's say it. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That's good. That's good. That just means I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm crucified. This is not my life anymore. God lives inside of us. It's His life. He bought and paid for it with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not living this life anymore. My life is dead. Amen? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Wow, that's good too, isn't it? You know why? You know why everything's become new? Because you're new. You're a new creature. It's all in the verse. You're not the same creature you were. You are a new creature. Yes, there's still battles and you still go through some things, but you are a new species called a Christian, a Christ follower. Who are you following? Because you won't win anybody. You won't be a missing link unless you're following Jesus Christ. There ought to be some new talk coming out of you. You ought to talk different than you used to. Some of us, well, we used to say talk like truck drivers. Some of us cuss like a sailor. Amen? It's all you did. Those words came out of your mouth. You don't talk that way anymore, do you? You don't, you don't listen to the same music, do you? We were just talking about that. Oh, to, to Hannes. He said, you know, I never listened to any of that music. I was telling him about a, the, um, the uh, missionary over there in Scotland talked about Angelo 
Angelo Serino. I don't know if you've heard of him. Wow. You ought to have him over here, brother. I'll talk to you about it. What a testimony. Anyway, I won't get into that. I don't want to, I don't want to tell you his testimony. It's amazing. But, um, why did I say that? Oh, he started to listen to that music. Death metal and dark music. Very dark. Hey, I come from the seventies and the late sixties growing up. And, uh, you talk about them bell-bottom pants and long hair and all that. Well, I was a little before you, right? Ten years before you. And I was listening to all kind of that wicked music. Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, and all that. All those bands, you know, all those, the dark, dark, dark music, man. And that's all, it's all godless. And it's, it's just wicked. It's a thump and pound and screaming guitar. It's wicked. I don't listen to that anymore. I don't listen to that anymore. I'd rather sing those old hymns, man, because they speak to my heart. Like you said, what used to be nails on the blackboard now is music to my heart. I love it. How about the way you dress? Ladies, are you dressing with modesty and shamefacedness? Or have we lost that? It's still in the Bible in 1 Timothy 2.9, I believe. And men the same way. You know, men can dress immodestly too. Or dress like they're going to a picnic instead of coming to church. What about your interests? Have they changed? They're brand new. What about your master? You have a brand new master. Right? Jesus Christ. You have a brand new purpose. You have a new destiny. A new destiny. So with all that, let me just wind this up. What is our new responsibility? Look at verse 18. Verse 18. What is our new responsibility? And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself, amen, by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of being a missing link. Of helping people get reconciled to God. Brought back in a right favor with God. Right now they're at war with God. To tell people that God has made a way for them through Jesus Christ so that they can be united again. So we have a record, a witness to tell. We have a ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? Verse 19 says, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we have a word to preach. You're going on to Enniscorthy, and uh, you go out in the McCroom or you go wherever you go. You're preaching the Word of God. You're preaching the Gospel. Can I ask you, how shall they hear without a preacher? you got to have a preacher. Somebody's got to tell them. I'm glad somebody told me. Because when, the, when I muted the television set, when that pastor gave an invitation to his church, I muted the television set and I remembered all the words that John told me from the Bible. They flooded in. And when I got on my knees and asked Christ to save me, when I got up, I knew I was saved. I knew my sins were forgiven. I knew all that! I knew I was going to heaven! Because somebody told me what the Bible had to say. How are they going to hear unless you tell them? And verse 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. we got a work to do. Because we are representatives, 
We are ambassadors. Wherever we go, we take Jesus with us. Whew. Think about that. Whatever you look at, you take Jesus with you. Whatever you say, you say on account of Jesus because you are an ambassador of Christ. Ambassadors go and represent their country or their people. We take Him with us wherever we go. God has given us the commission as His ambassadors and we're to fulfill it. Why? Because of verse 21. And verse 21 says, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. God made His Son sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. I'll tell you, there ain't a better deal out there. I gave Him my sin and He gave me His righteousness. And He did the same thing for you because He loves you. And we can't give Him our best and be a missing link for others out there that are on their way to hell. Right? So what will it be? Young people? Old people? (laughs) Will you be a missing link for the world to see? Will you be that new species that people will look at you and go, you're different. Yeah, I am. I'm a Christian. I'd love to tell you about my Savior. Are you going to go with the flow? Or are you going to be used of God? Created to do what you were created to do. Do what you were created to do. You can blend in with all the unbelievers in this fallen world and, and, and just go along with the flow or you can be a different, the different person, a bit, the missing link. Somebody that's, that helps them from this fallen world to go to heaven someday. Amen. It's up to you though. Your life could be the difference for someone if you just be the missing link that you need to be. Amen. All right. Let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I just want to thank You, Lord, for just some simple challenge, Lord, to our hearts tonight. God, I hope it just reminds us that we ought to be different because we are different. We ought to be light because uh, that's what we are. You you, you call us the light. Uh, you are lights. And uh, Father, we need to carry that light out into the world. So God, I pray, uh, there's not a one of us in here that didn't have somebody saddle up along next to them and, and tell them how to be saved. Take them under their wing. Who are we to withhold uh, something that we have so precious, that gospel? Help us to be the missing link somebody needs to see uh, that transcends, that, that, that spans that, that, that from fallen man to the believer who's seated in the heavenlies right now. We love you, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.